They're checking cherubin parts strewn strategically along the day. China boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... I'm telling you, I'm a track specialist at Fanny Bay. The secret is to look them in the eye in the mounting yard, and if their pupils are like pinpricks... Smith! Uh-oh. What's going on? More. Look at the time. we got to go. Oh, jeez, bloody Come hell. on, man. Hurry up. Drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome aboard as Timmy and I ride this conveyance hands and heels around the finishing straight. I'm down the back here whipping the hell out of this smoky old clunky two-stroke. Timmy's up on the casting deck riding hands and heels as we give it everything we got. We whip it into a lather to try and bring home the bacon, the fishy bacon. Try and make a bookmaker cry. That's what it's all about. Making a bookmaker cry and making the fishy fry. Life is full of many parallels, maybe more than some. Here in the tinny, maybe we draw an incredibly long bow or maybe we pull the whip too early. Uh, You think you might be drawing too long a bow? I think I might be starting hands and heels a couple of hundred metres early. Yeah, that would not be a first, Robert. If you happen to be podcasting (laughs) down south and have no idea what this idiot is talking about. He draws bows so long, they're almost undrawable. By the time I get to one end of it, I've forgotten where it started. The draw arm is way behind the right ear hole. (laughs) Can't even release. Ah, it is the top shelf thoroughbred netty weekend here in the Territory. Yeah, Darwin Cup's on. Palmerston Sprint's on the Saturday. Darwin Cup on the Monday on our fine sand and, uh, what is it, sump oil fill track. Great Territorians all around the place. True story, that too. Yep. Sand and sump oil. So they pull their donks apart, drop the gearbox off of both marine and land motor. That's where I serve as my four-wheel drive. Take it onto the sandy Straight. track at Fanny Bay and Stay dump it all on there. Replace the oil and drive away. People for the ethical treatment of outboards already onto us for how hard that outboard is being whipped. Yeah. With, they want to ban, an they want to ban the whip. We just want a couple of extra ponies out of it. That's all we ask. Two strokes love a flogging, Tim. They do. They love a flogging. They do. They do. Full revs, full time. <laughs> it's the only way to operate. Full noise, full whip. 85 barra in Anson Bay and 50 fish sessions on the Adelaide. What? What? I hear you squeal. I hear you. We hear you squealing. What? It's dry season. It's August. 85 barra in Anson Bay, 50 fish sessions. You heard it on the Adelaide. This is a November or February story, Tim. What? 
the pungent stench of injustice gets even more rancorous on the tinny this week, Fishos. Filth and perverse. Rancorous stench of injustice. As we continue to seek accountability for the jumping barra cake, uh, cake outrage of last week. Finally, Robert, you'll be pleased to hear the clinical data we've been waiting for and long maintaining on Tales from the Tinny, and that is that grey nomads are to blame for making us sick. Proof, Tim! Actual clinical proof from You've the... you got a clipboard from, with proof! Yep. From the boffins at the Centre for Disease Control. True, true story, just you stand by. Yeah, I got Love of moments. Headed off down the daily, going like the clappers, probably about two hours of steaming downstream, all of a sudden, boom, lost all my power. So all we can do now is plop along at an idle. But my friend, he's got a slightly bigger boat with four big blokes in it. Bless their cotton socks, I was sure they were going to ditch us at that point. But no, no, you know what Steve did, he took our bow rope, he hitched us up to the back of his tinny and for the next four hours dragged us around to all of his favourite fishing spots. Oh, reckon- I told you. Yeah, towed us around. He reckoned that we'd done the hard jars anyway, we'd gone that far, we may as well get some fishing in. Turned out to be the perfect speed though for some trawling. So uh, we pulled in four fish. Oh, <laughs> off the lemon. Yeah, off the lemon. Fantastic effort from the, what's your oh, mate's name? Steve. He wouldn't even let us buy him a beer. Tales from the Tinny. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed Tom End, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Uh, g'day, this is Packy Andy, and we're on a family holiday cruising the northwest coast of Australia looking for a bit of land-based fishing here and there. We've got someone very special here who's caught some pretty good fish this trip. What's your name? Abby Wharton and I caught my first flathead on this trip and today I caught um, 103 size brim. 300 millimetres? 30 centimetres? I don't know. It was on a kayak. The flathead was on a kayak. I caught it on a kayak. The rod tip was bending and I didn't notice I actually had a fish and I didn't even feel it bite one bit. It was big so we could eat it. I've caught brim, snapper, rock cod, and today Dad caught a big rock cod nearly the size of eating. think you're getting better at fishing? Yes. What's the best fish in the world? Barra. Have you ever caught a barra? No. Do you want to catch a barra? Yes. When are you going to catch a barra? When Dad takes me to his secret barra spot. And that is what we're going to do. What's the best thing you like about fishing? Because when you catch a fish it's so fun and eating's more not funner. Thanks, Abby. You're welcome. Packy Andy and daughter Abby filing in from the mighty Tales from the Tinny uh, app that you can install for free and do the same when you're out and about in, in the field or on holidays. And no doubt in that, in that case, while Abby is clearly, you know, increasing Being her enthusiasm for fish, and that makes a dad proud. 
It's a bit of manipulation going I on wonder, there, Tim. I wonder whether there was a little bit of a sense there of, is it push polling? Push polling is exactly what I would say. In What I'm hearing, Andy, is that you pretty much want the wife to, to listen to that, hopefully download this tinny, and then perhaps encourage you and Abby to go fishing to that secret barramundi spot more often. I think he's been working out of Abby exactly wants what 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 he wants the mother to hear from Abby. And well done. I was going I to mean, say. I mean, that's what it... That's yes, pres- we're, we are calling for it for, for what it is, Tim, but we are not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> and that is precisely how you too can use the Tales from the Ginny app to slag your mates or to get your daughter to tell mum how much she is desperate to go barra fishing with dad. Well done, Andy. We applaud you. I was hoping there was going to be a bit of hoying uh, regarding, you know, with some few numbers, Tim, like uh, race three, horse six, do yourself a favour. It's blue. <laughs> You'll be getting on the blue one, won't you? Of course I will. Anything with blue in its name, listeners, get on it. Don't back it. (laughs) Ahoy to the good folk, the great boffins, working to keep us alive at the NT Centre for Disease Control, who this week, Robert, have confirmed, beyond all doubt what we've long argued, that southerners are making us sick as they bring their caravans up here at 80 k's an hour with a Prado full of germs and bacteria. (laughs) We've been been calling it for years, Tim. (laughs) A recent increase in influenza around the country now starting to be seen here in the Northern Territory, according to CDC, recommending uh, the influx from south, recommending we uh, we all get our flu shot. We should have, uh, you know, in, the, in planes in the old days, you used to walk down with the aerosol cans. Just spraying it in people's faces. At the border as they came. Come on, open the door of the caravan, give it a blast in there as well, and the car. Just as they come over the border, just spray them in the yep. face with a can. Yep. <laughs> Should have done that to Ash Winks. Should have done that to Ash Winks. Hey, Ash Winks. Long time Potty Mullet who was up here last week bringing his lurgy. Because we do love you, Potty Mullets, no matter where you're from. We really do. Here's why you should come to the Territory. Courtesy of a pretty funny series of new marketing ads from Tourism NT. The campaign's called Get Out of the State You're In. Sydney and Melbourne ads pretty much revolve around avocado. Buying a house in Bondi is literally so cheap. I'm going to buy like five today. Kidding, I've got to buy avocado. Sure, it's full of people having a good time and drinking beers as big as your head. But yeah, not my cup of tea. I'd rather be cultured. Mm-mm. My favourite, single origin slow pour, pour over, avocino. Yum yum. You even know what an avocino is? No idea. It's coffee in a avocado. You know, you get the avocado out of the skin, then you pour coffee into the skin and you drink You're it. Joking. That's all the rage. I mate. thought they were taking the piss in that. That's no, serious. No, That's no, bad no. It actually went down. I heard the story that a coffee shop actually ran out of coffee mugs or something, takeaways, so they did that, and then it was all the rage. I thought the jam jar Ava- was ridiculous Ava- enough. Ava- <laughs> mate, that was, that was naughty, the jam jar. It's all about avocados now. 
What was this parallel universe where people swim in watering holes and fish instead of work? The weather is bang on up in the NT. In fact, the sun is at a closer distance to Darwin than any other place on Earth. 800 metres. And when you swim in the NT, the water's so warm, you don't even get shrinkage. I can actually still see it. It's cr like, Can you see that? I think I can. Yeah, that's nuts. They are nuts. See, what's on Adelaide's front page today? Let's have a look. See, more hospital beds. Da, da, da. It's always that. Who's getting sick? It's always hospital beds. Conversely, NT News. Let's see, oh, see, great, they found a fig that's shaped like a cock. The NT's got it all, mate. Wow. I like the bit there, the closest, where the closest to the sun, because it's also widely scientifically proven that it shines out of our freckles. I like, I can't believe that after a decade of the tinny, we've never appreciated nor advocated as we should have the advantages of the lack of shrinkage all year round, no matter where you're swimming. There's no such thing exists. No such thing exists. But hence why we believe that the sun permanently shines out of our freckles. If you... Anyway, Potty Mullets, see you up here soon. It's a beautiful time to do it, and Million Dollar Fish is just about on again. I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, g'day, Tim and Rob. Here's a, here's a hoik. G'day. And beard. It's mal or malfunction from Renmark. I'm the one who drives to that wonderful place called Sydney a couple of times a week. His words. Mm. So I get plenty of thinking time. Sometimes that's a good thing. Other times, not so good. I listen to your podcast on the way, so I'm easily entertained. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, no. I was pondering the other day on what a metery was called before metrics came in. Was it a three-footery or a yardy or a 40-inchery or a 36-inchery? This is a good question. This is a good question. None Probably of Probably none of these. They certainly don't roll off the tongue. I, I think 40-pounders. We were, we were rolling 40-pounders at that stage. We weren't going length. We are going just pure mass. That's true, actually. Before metrics, it was mass. See, forty pounder because of that rolls off the tongue. Hey, a lot of, a lot of those, those dudes from those days, are pretty irritated that they're called meteries now, or they're measured by length. They still want it. Like a lot of people still want to know kilograms or poundage because it's a better indication of size of fish than length. Absolutely, and it rolls off in a forty pounder. It sounds like a big bottle. Uh, knowing the casual way of the territory, it might have been good fish, mate. Yeah. Or holy crap, Batman. Look at the size of that thing. Yeah. Or this one excites me a bit. I've got a bar here that Dean Lucan couldn't lift. Yeah, that's a very South, that's a very Renmark reference, isn't it? But that's because we don't get shrinkage. <laughs> isn't it? Anyway, you clever bluggers <laughs> at the tinny will know. Cheers, Mal. Good on you, Mal. We've, yeah. we've cleared that up. For well, kind Regardless. Of. Look, 40-pounder or just a horse. A horse is non-metric, yeah. is, is all-encompassing. That is an absolute bloody horse. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a boy. If you can't finish this whole episode of Tales from the Tinny, don't worry. We've cryogenically frozen it and stored it, vacuum-packed in a data centre in the Nordic Mountains, surrounded by angry goats. <laughs> All this security ensures that your tinny is safely stored and ready for you to extract anytime from the Tinny Facebook page, ABC Radio app or your preferred podcast provider. 
Or you could just do it old school and jump on a plane and hike up a Nordic mountain. Just don't forget about the goats. <laughs> yeah, g'day, I'm Matt Cook. I'm from Charles Darwin University, Cookery and Bakery. Cookery and bakery and a bit of fishery on the side, mate, and they've been having a dry season to remember on the Barra. Yeah, it has been absolutely epic, this dry season. How was the latest trip? Did a little sneaky overnighter down at Anson Bay, the coastal creeks there, and 85 Barra. It's August, Matthew. I know, I know. <laughs> the Barra didn't get the memo. Look, it actually has been firing all over the place. Nothing major, no big girls, but... Uh, Averaging about 60, 60 to 75 uh, centimetres. And what sort of conditions were you fishing and where were you finding most of them? Depending on the tide, you know, you'd be the mouth of some of these creeks watching the bait, so follow the bait in. We actually did a lock-in on one of the creeks uh, and then just we just went searching and uh, found basically the end of the rainbow. <laughs> oh, the end of the rainbow, that sounds promising. And what was at the end of the rainbow? A pot of silver. <laughs> A pot of salty silver. It was a fisher cast for basically two and a half hours, double hookups continuously. It was just insane. I suppose in the last year and a half, uh, we've really learnt the difference between dry season fishing and wet season fishing. The fish are a lot more docile, but they still take. So it's all about suspending the lure in the water and leaving massive pauses. How long are you leaving them in between twitches? I'd probably go maybe three seconds seems an eternity when you've got your hand on the reel. Yeah, exactly. It's a different way of doing it. Big, long strokes, stopping, and then waiting for it. And generally, on the pause, they smash it. So if you have the big bib that can potentially go deep, because actually what you want to do is get in the snag, get into the strike zone, and then you stay in the strike zone. hold. Hold. And hold. That's it. Hold. Hold on the strikes. Keep holding. <laughs> Don't stop. Hold. <laughs> so what sort of depth are they suspending in the water column? Up to about two metres. So anywhere from two and a half to two metres. It's a big jig. Get in the strike zone and then hold it there. Hold. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular part of the tide that seemed to be working best for you? It was still springy tides, but it was coming down to neeps. It's preferred to have the clearer water, less movement, because those coastal creeks, especially because there's no runoff, you've got a lot of dirty water going in and out. So we actually done really well on the low tide or first thing in the morning on a high tide. At the end of the day, they're following the bait and you've got to be in the mix of it. So turn of the tide, when there's not a great deal of movement, um, you'll find a lot of the bait will be pushed up right on the shallows out the mouth of some of those coastal creeks you've got a lot of bait that comes in from the mouth and they work along those little dead logs and so forth and that's where you'll get heaps of barra stacked up on the low tide depending if you want to do a lock-in so there's many opportunities so basically every stop that we went to there was 20 fish 25 fish well we're going to hold for just a moment Matthew I'm exhausted I don't know about you <laughs> Robert, I'm tired, I need to hold. Because that is just the beginning, and shortly Matthew continues the dry season bonanza. The pot of silver! At the most unlikely of locations. Dylan, and my son, 12, eventually got it towards the boat. And was the most massive jewfish we've ever seen. 140 centimetres 
and exactly 20 kilograms. He's got an interesting technique. We called it the Hopawati hold. Yeah, look, the Hopawati hold. Dylan taught me how to do this some years ago, and he said, what you do is you just stick your finger in his date. So uh, with Dodge Jewies, that's what we do. And it settles them straight down, doesn't yeah, it? It's, it's good fun, and it works. <laughs> now, I've had a thought. There's some parallels here. You hear stories yeah. of people getting abducted by aliens, pulled out of their natural habitat by some undeniable force and being anally probed. <laughs> so if you think about so if you think about this from a fish's point of view, this is exactly the same thing. I think is this <laughs> Does the Hopawati hold is it just for ones going in the esky or is it for the uh, the photo and throwback as well? Nah, look, all of them deserve it. <laughs> they they do. Uh, particularly if they've given you a tough time, they just sit real still. And I think in some cases, if you look really carefully, they're probably pursing their lips. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Tales from the Tinny. Considerable amount of controversy, anger, frustration. I'd say resentment. Resentment. Mm. Calls for a judicial inquiry, Tim, last week. You might remember this, Fishos. There is a piece to behold submitted in the Darwin show this year. A leaping barramundi in full flight, leaping out of this big pool of water at the bottom. Uh, I got some urgent correspondence coming in. That barricade got second in its category. Second? Quote, it had a couple of technical faults, apparently. Everyone's calling for a royal commission these days. Well, let's I'm call royal for a royal commission. Someone needs to be accountable. We're thinking about going into full rolling coverage. Beard has been on the job busily scurrying around behind the scenes. Beard, who's accountable? Seemingly the only technical difficulty was that some of the icing, which appeared to be sprayed on, mm. uh, of the blue water that the barrier... That's an absolutely legitimate technique, I'll add. That some of that had made its way up okay. onto the barrier itself. Water's going to get on the barrier! That's what happens! It's going to have some water on it! Water gets on the barrier Monday! We got a bit worked up, Tim. Well, justifiably so. As as you did, fish shows at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. That's where you can see the photo of the said cake, and we just couldn't let it go. And thus, we've invited, we've found, and invited Belinda Short, said cake maker, to Tinny HQ. Ahoy, boys. <sighs> How are you coping? One day at a time. It was incredible work. To get a first place, you have to be absolutely perfect. Uh, and as you boys have found out, there was a splash of colour potentially where they may not should have been a splash of colour. You just wobbled with the spray paint. Yes. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. To I rocked up to the show on Saturday, rocked up ready to see this masterpiece that right. had taken it out and offer my congratulations and there actually wasn't any other cakes. No first. How do you get second in a one-horse race? Because <laughs> there's water on a barramundi! Now, you're a bit of a professional in this, aren't you? You run the show cake circuit... Do do um, Fred's Pass in May and then the Darwin show in July. So that keeps those months um, pretty busy. So um, when cakes are on, usually starts about three weeks before. The boat gets dry docked under the deck and um, partner sits there looking forlorn and bored. And, <laughs> As you make cakes. And, and yeah, and I take over the kitchen and spread fondant from one end of the house to the other. <laughs> but I did make your guys' Facebook page, so I'm now a little bit of a celebrity in his eyes. So oh, it's giving you oh, some cred. Oh, that's giving you some cred it in Harvey's eyes. There's a first. It has. My cakes have <laughs> finally got some cred. And then what come build up after the show circuit, you're both back fishing again. Yeah. What happened to the cake? 
Uh, it's currently sitting on my kitchen bench. You're waiting for the cockroaches to do their work. Uh, pretty much. No, waiting for the outcome of the Royal Commission. All right, of course. So as the controversy, the rancour, the bitterness starts to fade, oh, Belinda. The, the rancour, the stench. <laughs> and we, the, oh, the pungent stench of injustice. And we await the findings of the soon, <laughs> soon to be pungent. Royal Commission. Uh, you and Hubby Blake... Uh, the air is turning a bit more humid. The show season is run and done and, well, not won. <laughs> You're turning towards fishing. What will be the, uh, the go this year? What was last season's highlight? What are you looking forward for, for this year's fishing season? We've had um, two really ordinary um, fishing seasons. It has picked up a little bit at the start of this year, so we're hoping that that continues. And I'm still on the hunt for my metery barrier, of course. That's the goal. We do love baked goods. We do love the purveyor of baked goods. And we, along with everyone else, thought that deserved first prize. And from us, all we can offer to you. In honour of a diligent dedication to the upholding of tinny principles. In honour of an unwavering adherence to the tinny's operational ethos. In honour of the fact that your thoughts, words and deeds mark you out as a bloody champion. We in the tinny salute you, Fisho, and hereby bestow on you the TFT Honourable Mention. And another special mention to Belinda Short, who has left us. Baked goods, uh, with, with baked goods, some delicious red velvet cupcakes. I've actually got a copy of all the certificates Belinda won just at this year's show. First prize, damper. Any recipe, state ingredients. First prize, decorated cupcakes. Second prize, muffins, sweet or savoury. Second prize, cake marble, any colours. Oh, great work, Tim. Carry on, carry on. What else you got for? Second prize, assorted biscuits, three distinct name varieties, joined with icing or jam. Second prize, cake, fruit, boiled. 20 centimetre round tin set recipe. Second prize, novelty cake. It's an outrage! Yeah, Third yeah, right, tin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate, we got the picture. Butter, 20 centimetre look, round tin look, set recipe. Look, I'm just going to gently fade you off into the distance because, yeah, we've Third got prize, it. We've got cake, it, mate. Fruit or vegetable. Third She's prize, a woman who knows her baked goods. Cake. Yeah, yeah, mate, we've got it. Wedding cake. This is a woman who knows her baked goods and deserved to win. Third prize, cake. Fruit or vegetable. Well, when you're as poor as I am, you can't really afford to get a $45,000, $50,000 boat. So I just come out in the little tinny and uh, I can get the same amount of fish generally as anyone else. At least we all fit in the same boat. That makes you weak, really. Tales from the tinny. At 85 dry season barra in Anson Bay, as we heard earlier from Matt Cook. Heard earlier but could hardly believe him. Amazing. I mean, they're... It's not 85 big fish. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Plenty of keepers amongst them, lots of little fish. It's still good going. It didn't end there. As on the last set of neeps, he got into a pant load as well on that river with no fish. So it was the Adelaide River two weeks ago. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> Do you hear that, Tim? It happens. It happened again. I block, I block the name from my consciousness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we launched Saltwater Arm. Uh, neat tides, beautiful weather, nice and cool. The water temperature, we were told, if it's nothing's over 30 degrees, you won't, you won't get nothing. No barrow feed at that time. So we gave it a good shot on the neat tides, did a little morning session, and that was 53. 
Wow. Was the water temp over 30 degrees? 26 degrees was the average. So, yeah, whoever was saying that it was uh, 30 degrees, no. <laughs> How did you get 53 fish in the dry season in the Wiltshires? These fish were not stacking up on snags so much. They were actually stacking up on the mud banks. We actually found there was one small creek. We caught 51 barra in the space of maybe a 50 metre area. And it was a fisher cast, again, like Anson Bay, for basically two hours. All smallies again? The majority of these were rats, 40 to 45 centimetres, but we still bagged out with legal fish. Average size for legal fish was about 65. Largest was 80, I think 86. That's still good fishing. And that good condition, like the Anson Bay fish? Not as fat. Anson Bay, like... We had a, had a feed of some Anson Bay Barra uh, the other night with the missus and uh, it was really, really soft, so much moisture and, and really fatty. Like you would not expect that for, for a younger fish that was in, in, in the 60s, but they'd just been eating so much, gorging themselves. And same technique in the Wiltshires, suspending lures, twitch, hold. Hold it. <laughs> yeah, look, doing the big hold doing that massive pause, the three-second hold, wait, get in the strike zone and keep it there. In the first thing in the morning, they roll it, but then from 11am, they smash it. 85 at Anson Bay, 53 at the Wiltshires. There was a trip before that. 45 barra the fortnight before that. It's a dry season orgy, basically. <laughs> it has been extraordinary. Awesome, Matt, and thanks for updating us on what has been a phenomenal dry, a dry season, season bonanza. Yeah, awesome. An orgy is the only way to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Matt Cook, appropriately named, of course, because he's a commercial chef with CDU. He's in, uh, a devotee of the keep it simple stupid method himself when uh, cooking the barrow, Timmy. Bit of olive oil, bit of salt and pepper. When you've got fresh fish... You don't need to do much. You don't need to do much at all. There was another incident, too, when he was out at Anson Bay. One of a few stories you hear here and there of a, a croc having a go at him bit the outboard and sort of the pod at the back. Just put a few little dents and scratches in, but they reckon it was because overnight him and his mate were getting up a cacophony, a kind of symphony. A producing a two-part, a stirring two-part symphony. Of snoring. <laughs> and the resonance of which through the aluminium hull... Sounded like a desirous female. Yes. And even though it is August, it is, it's got to be fair to say, Matt Cook has had, you guessed it, downloadable and free now at ABC, Tales from the Tinny, online and on Facebook. He's just had... Barrow on demand! Yo, officials, lock up your drags! He's a beats from the chopper! Bullet militia coming at you! Keeping it real! Soldier! <laughs> Barrow on demand! Don't let the butterflies stinging like the bees! Nakamura got nothing on me. So mullet, militia on a sacred mission. We knocked up your helm into holy ground station. Check it, my chariot. Full up with the toys. Mullet's on the move. It's always full noise. Get into the zone. Switch to silent running. Stalking like a ninja. They don't hear the lecky humming. Quick mouth, color change, flicking to a phone. Knock like cars go hard or go home. We're lying with Satan, catch quicks with damn. Our eyes are on the prize, it's bare on, on the man. When they're buffing like cannons, yeah, on again. Can't scratch your nuts, yeah, on again. Blood is pumping, arms yeah, are sore. On again. You scream and you roar, yeah, on again. On again.
again, on again, yeah, yeah, on again. When your drag is screaming, yeah, on again. When your thumb's been smoked, yeah, on again. On demand, what's the plan? It's power on demand. This is what it's all about. Gotta understand that this is dual began, so start cracking the can. Cause it's power on demand. On the casting deck stand, get your tackle in hand, check the respect you command. Cause it's power on demand. Champions, cold beer in the hot sun. Pass the tree, repeat, until the job's done. Catch release, take a picky for the fans, cause that's the way we roll, it's barrel on demand. This is what it's all about. I fish, therefore I am. That being the case, what the hell am I when I'm not fishing? Hmm. Tales from the Tinny. Buddha's been onto us. Remember Buddha? We first bumped into him on uh, Crabbery Billabong. Yeah. Quite a few years ago. Buddha managed to get through border control. I got past the sprays, the bacterial sprays. Didn't get an aerosol in the face. (laughs) Get you next time, Buddha. Get you next time, Buddha. Uh, hidden away somewhere in Kakadu. Two for the account this morning. 77 centimetre off a of fizzer, which is a beautiful thing. First thing in the morning. And a 70 on the trial. Happy days. Good on you, Buddha. Matty Haynes got in contact at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook as well. Otherwise known, known to us as the Corroboree Gimp. Just one for the wife today, but still more barrer than Petey. Poor old Petey, eh? He yeah. just can't. Can't take a trick. The photos of his wife with a small bar and him with these tongues sticking out of the gimp hole in his mask with a caddy. Petey's a bloke who made a commitment to catch X number of fish last year. Didn't even get close and then a hashtag a humiliation campaign started up. Hashtag still more barra than Petey. And he can't escape it. He's now like that the old joke about the bloke who interfered with a goat, you know. Can you hear this bird in the background? I'm not an advocate for the eradication of many species. You know my primary species. The scrub pal. That's the other one. The, what is it, a whip bird or something? Large-tailed nightjar. Best white from the planet. You are so intolerant. Sleep, you... sleep with that right next to your ear hole. You have a fauna intolerance, no, my no, friend. No, we are the apex predator. The end. Ah! And if it bleeds, I can kill it. <laughs> fauna intolerance. <laughs> You're alone, mate, with your letting your frogs in your house. I like hugging trees. Stu Hodges, show bay on the weekend. Weirdo. <laughs> and landed some good fish. <laughs> Fishing was slow all day, but persistence paid off. Of course it did, Stu. Uh, took a pommy fella from work who'd never caught a bar in his life until the weekend. He caught a nice, fat 81. That's the way he had to, you know, yeah. impress the poms, eh? This is the way we do it here, mate. And you got no shrinkage. <laughs> yeah, that's right, no, no shrinkage. Might have, centimeter pinch. might have aerosol in the face. But. Yeah. He's poker-faced you. We've uh, talked about this before. The photo on Facebook, you've got to go funny. and have a look. It's really funny. It's the face that says, 
This is nothing special. Yeah. I do this every day. His, his face is so blank and expressionless. Not a muscle is twitching. Like he's just woken up in the morning and stared straight ahead in a daze. And it just doesn't make any sense with a fish that good in his hand. <laughs> An arm full of cash. You yeah. Know, like a, and just sitting there with a dead Not, not a muscle move. I am completely ambivalent. Registration's now open to season three of uh, the Million Dollar Fish campaign, Fishos. Oh, true, Tim. Oh, yeah. You know what that means. Your favourite song. We better play a bit of it. That'll do. <laughs> uh, Matty Hayden up during the week uh, promoting the launch again. Maybe I am too intolerant of fauna. You're intolerant of so many things, Tim. I'm a bit intolerant of this song. <laughs> this bit's good. Like the bluesy riff. Yeah, it's a bit funky. Anyway, about 100 barra, well, exactly 100 barra with $10,000 price tags up for grabs plus the $1 million fish. Released all across the territory, same areas. Uh, get registered. The comp actually runs from the 1st of October till the end of February this year. As we've been mentioning, you can use the Tinny app out in the field to record whatever you need or whatever you want, any reports or yarns, and send it into us. But Dustin Bearstow this week used it instead to file in live from his Humpty Doo backyard during the week. Just about to crack a cold one. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just me and a few mates just decided to go out to uh, Perrin's Wide again, um, just on a little spot of ours, good little bit of rubbly ground, and uh, first five minutes we pulled up our first cobia, which is easy on a metre and a half. Another half hour later I hooked up to the other one, fighting it for about five minutes. All of a sudden the inside of my reel broke, something broke inside of it, so I'm holding the rod in the left hand trying to reel the spool piece with my other hand, trying to uh, get the fish in while it's taking runs and going under the boat. But I managed to get it in, that was the main thing, and that went about 1,200. So the reels exploded in one hand, you got the rod in the other, you got the fish running. I'm assuming you probably had a beer in your hand as well. I did, actually. I only just cracked my beer, and uh, just as I've taken my first sip, she's gone screaming, and I had to take another couple of sips, so I got my mate to hold the rod, and I was holding the spools, trying not to let him run too fast, took another sip just to... Um, Prepare yourself <laughs> for the uh, oncoming just, battle. Yeah, yeah, didn't know how long it was going to take, but yeah, good half hour, and we had her in the boat, which was good. So how did you actually manage it? Were you just kind of hand-lining it? Just pretty much hand-lining the uh, spool piece, yeah. When it ran, it burnt the hell out of my fingers. Yeah, a bit chaotic, really, um... I'm assuming you had braid, mate. It's um, it's lucky you didn't uh, lose a couple of fingers. Yeah, I got a few cuts from it, that's for sure. Definitely when it took off screaming again for its sixth run, it ran probably a good 12 times. As soon as it seen the boat, it took off again a good uh, 100 metres. So it was pretty fun trying to spool that in by hand. <laughs> Absolutely. Cracking cobia too, one at a metre and a half-ish and one at around a metre 20. 
Yeah, another five, ten minutes after that, we hooked up to our third one. And uh, yeah, I lost that on the anchor, though, but that was bigger again, I reckon. You could see it clear as day in the water. So are you specifically targeting them on this rubbly spot you've got? Yeah, we thought we'd have another crack. We seem to do pretty well. Tiny little bit of rubbly bottom with a couple of little uh, bombies there. And they just seem to hang around there, but there's a hell of a lot of sharks too, so you've got to try and get them through them. So you've got cobia off this specific spot before. They seem to hang there. Yeah, I've numerous times. This is probably the fourth time I've got a heap of cobia off here. Wow. And all on the bottom, just standard bottom fishing like you were fishing for a reefing? Yeah, exactly. I was just using a uh, double hook setup, just a bottom sinker, using the old um, the sausage roll trick with the uh, pilchard and the squid. Sausage roll, you can't go wrong, mate. Now, for someone like myself who hasn't actually uh, nailed a cobia, do you know when they've hit, you've got a cobia on? Do they run in a specific way, hit it in a specific way? Yeah, they just hit it like a road train and always, doesn't matter what side of the boat you're standing on, they always go the opposite and straight under the boat. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain, but, yeah, you're eventually trying to get them around without busting off on the uh, prop or the bottom of the boat. You've got to hold it in pretty low. <laughs> It helps doing that if your if your reel doesn't implode during the fight. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, it nearly went in the water after I got the cobia in, but I thought I'll hold on to her and I'll get her fixed, and I'll have another crack at another one uh, in a month's time. It's not the first time you've had dramas targeting cobia, though, Dustin. No, it wasn't. Um, the last time we uh, had another one that was about easy thirteen, fourteen hundred. Took a few runs from the boat. Uh, I got close enough and it decided to take a run as soon as I've hooked it. And as soon as I've hooked it, it's just gone straight down to the bottom again, ripped the uh, gaff straight out of my hands, done a few more laps of the boat, and then it's come up beside the boat again. I've seen the gaff sticking straight up. <laughs> so I've just grabbed it as soon as it come through and reefed it straight in the boat and we managed to get it, surprisingly. You got it via gaff? With the gaff still in its gut. Second time around. Second time around, after it took another three runs from the boat, the gaff was still in there. What a stupid cobia to come back to the boat. Anyway, he's learned his lesson because he's now in your freezer. And now, Dustin, and of course, you're the only bloke in the Northern Territory who obviously runs a barbed gaff. Oh, yeah, I do now, yes. <laughs> hey, what, are, what other species on this recent trip? On the same spot, we uh, done quite well, actually. We got some nice coal trout. They were really fat coal trout. Um, we actually got a couple of big flathead as well which i've never really seen out that way so that was quite different as well tricky snapper they were quite thick but really good hard fighting well it's a pretty uh, prime list of uh chewing fish you got to chuck on the on the plate there dustin i do mate i'm gonna have to start the barbie up to savvy i think and um get into them i think yeah hop into it with a few of those beers mate let's hope next time you go out targeting cobia everything goes right or at least most things yeah go well right. I might just buy a new reel and uh, sit it there just in case. I read on Facebook too from the post we put up, the mother-in-law is piping into the fish fillet debate. Have you seen her post, uh, mate? Don't forget your mother-in-law, she says. <laughs> no, you can't, mate. You are, no, you're being the shit if you uh, forget the mother-in-law, so... <laughs> Keep it nice. No, I've definitely got a big bag set up for her already, all cryovac ready to go, so I'll probably drop that off this weekend. Isn't he a lovely Isn't boy? Isn't he a lovely what a boy? Lovely, you know that, Dustin? Keep her happy for another week. Oh, I'd be proud to have him in the family. Oh, he's, such, he's such a lovely boy to have in the family. Hasn't she done well, love? Hasn't she done? What a provider. Good on you, Dustin. You are a great provider, mate, and congrats, yeah, on, no uh, congrats on a great session and landing those uh, fish 
despite the odds. Yeah, well, yeah. see what happens this next trip in uh, mid-September. See what else we can bugger up. Right, uh, as far as we're concerned, mate, you are Dustin the Cobia King from this point forward. Thanks for the yarn. No worries, mate. Thank you. Put the tinny on ice and enjoy this episode as a refreshingly fresh podcast at your convenience. Grab it from the Tinny Facebook page, ABC Radio app or your preferred podcast provider. As you know, Fishos, it's normally about mateship and camaraderie aboard the boat, isn't it? I mean, it's part of it. That's most of the love. Some of that love can turn, though, sometimes, Tim. Often. In your and my case. Yes. If we start talking about fauna or the various little jingles you like to to compose. And equally, Tales from the Tinny prides itself on providing the polar opposite to mateship and camaraderie. A forum to slag your mates. Sean from Palmo, uh, last Sunday, went for a run west of the witch's nose, rig up some baits. My dickhead mate, Josh Lunn, he's left these circle hooks and the skirts back at home. Yeah, all we had uh, was two rusty J-hooks that were blunt and, uh, yeah, a bit of top-end ingenuity there. A couple of cold cans of beer. Uh, Lunny's rigged his up through its guts and I've hooked mine through the lip, chucked them out the back for some sailies. Within maybe 10 minutes, we had our first one up. <laughs> got some go in it. And uh, not long after that, we got a second one up, which Lunny managed to uh, get into the boat. Uh, we've had no sounder. Lost my sounder head unit a couple of weeks before, so if anyone's seen that, let the tinny boys know. Only new to the sail fishing thing. Pretty exciting stuff when the sailor gets up in your spread there, especially when you set the hook in. See the um, sailors dancing around the um, ocean surface. It takes a fair bit to beat that buzz. Lessons learned out of that fishing trip. Never let Lunny say he's going to bring the tackle again, uh, bring the skirts. For myself, uh, not to leave the sounder head unit on the uh, trailer wheel arch. And, um, yeah, always have cold beers in your esky. Despite the setbacks and Lunny's incompetence, it was a great day out, and um, I'll be back with circle hooks and skirts and a sounder. Shout out to you too, Lunny. You don't need a long neck to be a goose, idiot. Tales from the Tinny. So, Lunny, copping a pasting. Was it was it deserved? From what we've heard, there's always two sides to one okay, story. From okay. the side we've heard, yeah. it sounds like he deserved it, Lunny. But you have right a reply, my you friend. You have right of the reply. Just text or email or hit us up on Facebook. We'll we'll get that app installed for you, and you can punch back, punch back harder. You can give Sean a high five in the face with a chair and a bit of disinfectant spray. <laughs> Still. Their ability to raise two sailfish with no sounder and only two blunt, rusty J-hooks and no skirts on the billies. Good going. And heaps of reports on the billies over the last week or so, all around the witch's nose or that kind of area. Dave uh, Rinkin, 221, on skipping tarpon baits all off the big weed mats with flying fish schools around them. Darren Gaskin, 411. This was mostly from last weekend. Uh, Stewie Martin, who we hear from a bit, got 5-3-3, three, and three, putting his mates on to first ever sales. Peter Wardle, 6-3-1. Uh, 
uh, including the first ever Saley for his old man. Chris Kale, 3-2-2. Simon Bockale, 4-3-3. First sale for Matthew and a PB for Sean. The brothers. The Bockhowls. But it was this mob who really set the weekend alight with their session. Uh, My name's Talisha Aubrey from Darwin River. G'day, Talisha. You've been out uh, chasing sales, a fairly newbie. Yes, very new. Never really done it. It's probably our second attempt. And yeah, we went out over the long weekend, went off on the Friday and chased the barra. And then the Saturday looked really good for sailies. So we went out towards Thumbs Up, which is Nose, trolled for a while. And we got a double hookup on um, 13 kilo Mackie, which was pretty crazy. Nice to get on the board. Yeah, very nice. He fought a good fight. Yeah, we kept trolling for ages, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had this double hookup of sailies, and I was at the front of the boat um, getting some food, and Luke screams out, Babe, we're on! Quickly! (laughs) (laughs) And I'm screaming, like, oh, my goodness, and they're both just going off, gunning it. And so he's like, quickly, choose one, because I'm driving. I'm like, okay, so I grab one, and I'm like, what are we going to do? Like, I've got two on with only two of us in the boat. He's driving, um, and so anyway, I get mine. I'm just like, maybe we'll just focus on one fish. Like, we'll just let the other one just run. Mine was jumping, going crazy, so we'll just focus on that. Get him in. So anyway, we got him to the side of the boat. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. This and, sounds like precisely the sort of bedlam that you like oh, aboard a boat. Spider web. <laughs> yep. Everything going crazy. Did you get Did you get the second one in? So yeah, we ended up getting the second one in. So Luke had to coordinate driving the boat, me trying to revive my fish, as well as Luke reeling his fish in. What size? Well, we didn't get to measure fully, but we reckon probably just under two metres. They were pretty decent fish. They weren't small. They were pretty big. This is some uh, extraordinary teamwork you got happening here in this relationship. Absolutely. Teamwork plus. It was just crazy. So when he screams, babe, you know it's generally a good, exciting thing. Yeah. You're not in trouble. It's, yeah, that's that's it. the cue. Action stations, Talisha. <laughs> Action's all right. It was crazy. Yeah, constant, like a battle straight up, just getting the fish in and just making sure that they weren't going to tangle because we didn't want to lose them, especially being our first sailies. We were just stoked that it was a double hookup and that we weren't going to lose them. So, yeah, it was a matter of just coordinating where the lines were, who was bringing the first fish in and driving the boat. <laughs> Sounds like a well-oiled machine for the second ever sailie yeah. attempt. So you've got two Mackies, your first two sailies on a double yep. hookup. Surely that's pretty much the end of a great day. No, it kept going. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we kept trolling. So, we're like, we'll just troll this one spot. Not long after that, another sailie hit it, took it out and just ran with it, got him in. And then we had a pot of sailies come up, about five or six of them, just following the baits and just whacking the baits. And we nearly had another double hookup. Pretty crazy. It was amazing seeing the pod because we'd never seen that type of thing before. Could you uh, get any idea of how many were in that particular pod? Yeah, we've seen about five, five or six. Yeah, so they come up alongside and just hitting the teasers and hitting the baits. And then some, one of them took the bait and then we're like, yeah, we're on, we're on. And then it dropped it, came back for it, ended up hooking and so we got him. Were there birds working around this area or or lots of bait in the water? Yeah there was a bit of bait that's what we were sort of looking for the flying fish so there was scatters of it It wasn't massive amounts of bait where the previous weekend we'd seen like masses amount of flying fish. What were the stats all up? So it was 13 raised, 7 hooked and 5 landed. This is your second (laughs) second This is your second crack at Sailies. Second crack yeah. And the first hook up was a double. Yep. Landed. Landed. Couldn't believe it. 13.75 from that weekend, yep. the averages kind of seem to be 
two to five raised. Yeah. Anything you were doing differently, or whether were you working in a in a different spot to a lot of other boats? It was sort of a different spot, but it was. I think it's sort of a similar area. We didn't really know what we were doing. Beginner. You think that was the key? I think that might have been the key, actually. <laughs> because people have told us you need teasers, and so we made like a train of CDs with a bird at the front. I don't know, but also we just had the bait fish skipping along the water and Luke just gang-hooked them. So every fish that came up to inquire on the bait seemed to get hooked. It was just the pod that weren't that keen. like They were hitting them, but they weren't actually taking them. And the week previous with Mum and Dad, you had a stonker session out there too? Yeah, so that's what got us hooked. We took Luke's parents, my in-laws, out fishing. And yeah, we were sort of just like, let's give the whole billfish a bit of a, a go. Yeah, we didn't really know what we were doing either. Just chucked a few lines out, a bit of bait, the CD train, and then yeah, had a stonker billfish take the bait and it was that's it we got to chase them <laughs> but when we did get the fish in we actually um jumped in the water with them to release them which was really amazing oh really yeah it was awesome release you can see those videos at abc tales from the tinny on facebook they are epic you guys down there swimming with them well obviously they're buggered from the fight yeah. it's amazing how calm and sort of placated as they're recovering and you're sort of swimming and releasing them away yeah it was amazing and i just remember when i got in i was a bit scared like to start off with because it's a big blue ocean with bottomless you know you can't see anything around you but um it's still an amazing thrilling experience and just going down with them and i remember seeing the fellow that i had holding him and his big eye just staring at me thinking what, Let me go. Wait, what are you doing with me <laughs> Let me go. That's it. so yeah it was pretty amazing pretty magical now it almost seems like an anticlimactic point but you mentioned you went fishing for barra on the first day yeah, did you get me we did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got beached on the Friday before the billfish and caught a decent amount of barra and a few mud crabs and then, yeah, went off for the sailies. What a great weekend in the Territory. It was amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. You're now setting the standard. <laughs> you and Luke. Yeah, that's it. Sharky's charters. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Lovely to catch up with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. What a cracking introduction to the billies talisha and uh, hubby luke getting amongst them out there and thanks very much not only to you two to matt cook to dustin bearstow to packy andy belinda the baker the good folk at the center for disease control in the northern Territory, and to you fishers who consistently send in reports and yarns and just make us laugh on tales from the tinny via the email address fishing at abc.net.au ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. That's about it for this week. Catch you again next week. In the meantime, get a mullet up ya. We're paying for winner. Tales from the Tinny.